0: This episode of the Bricks and Buckets podcast was recorded before the play-in tournament began. Alright, what's up everybody? We are back and better than ever. A lot's Ooh. happened since we uh, since we last checked in, but uh, welcome to the Bricks and Buckets podcast. All four of us are here, like I said, back better than ever. We got a lot of stuff that's kind of happened in recent, uh, recent history, so... Uh, Austin, catch us up. What's up? What's been up with you, man? Oh, man.
1: You got two hours? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. No, everything's, no, no, really, we don't. Um, Everything's been good. You know, Um, you take a junior high coaching job thinking things are less stressful and you'll have a lot of time on your hands, but it's not that way. Uh, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what level of basketball that you coach, basketball is basketball. Um, you still watch film, you still scout teams, you still have disciplinary issues, you still have basketball issues. It's just on a different level. Um, but man, everything's been good. You know, uh, everything's been good. I get paid to do what I love. You know, get paid to do what I love. It's all about As, baby. As, as all of us do. We get, to pay, we get paid to do what we love. Um, but it's been good. Um, so I think we did kind of a recap like this time last year. I told you guys about my junior high girls team. Um, well, we had some coaching changes at our school. And I took over all of our junior high teams. So I had a girls <laughs> team, then a seventh grade boys team, and an eighth grade boys team. Um, and uh, we had a great season, um, successful, and two of you know what I mean by successful, um, a certain definition of it, um, <laughs> and one honorary person, <laughs> <laughs> he's an honorary, <laughs> but um, student you know, section leader
0: here, repping yeah, proud, yeah,
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um. You know, if you go back and look at or listen to the podcast from around this time last year, um, you know, I talked a lot about my group of girls and how they were such a pleasure to coach and they learned a lot and we won zero games. (laughs) Um, Well, I basically had the same group this year, um, minus two players, um, and they won four games, which, you know, going like four and 11, you're like, Awful. no like these girls you know so such a pleasure i never had to coach effort you know yeah. and steven you know you know this from being in on the coaching side of things in this last year um coaching effort over and over and over and over again is the most mentally exhausting thing ever yeah. and you never feel like you get to do your actual job as far as being a coach goes when you have yeah. to coach effort because x's and o's are thrown out of the game um but it's just it makes it enjoyable. And that four and eleven or whatever it was for those girls felt like eleven and four. You know. Um and about. then the boys. And then the, the seventh and eighth grade boys. Um the eighth grade team that I had um was coming off of a seventh grade season where they won zero games. And we won six games this year. Um, so then that was, that was a really fun group to work with because, um, they were hungry to learn. They didn't have the most skill, um, but they were hungry to learn. And, you know, again, it makes being a coach so much easier. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then my seventh grade group, they, um, only had seven guys, but, um, really looking forward to those guys in the future. Now they're a group, very talented. Um, true point guard, true two guard, true three guard, true four, kind of a true five. You know, for a junior <laughs> high, as much as it for a junior high team can get, and then two guys yeah. off the bench that can you know really get down and guard well. Um, but had to coach effort, <laughs> you mm. know, those kinds of things. Um, uh, but they it, it had a great season. It had eight and five. You know, um, so winning record, and, and you know, looking forward to getting started with school ball here in another couple of weeks with tryouts and whatnot. Uh, But I'm currently coaching a ninth grade AAU travel team.
2: Oh, that's Um, fun basketball, man.
1: It is because it's just basketball. You know, we practice twice a week, and 75% of our practice is skill development. Just You know, just full-court transition, dribble moves, half-court transition moves, playing off of two feet in the paint. God, that's such a big thing with – with kids as they're developing their game of basketball is playing off two feet in the lane, just being able to make a decision uh, around the rim or to kick it back out if help comes or just keeping a pivot foot. Um, uh, I, I know those are small details. But I love, I love teaching and coaching kids to play off two feet. Uh, hey, but- Austin, I'll
2: I'll tell you this. That's, that's something we look for at the college level. Like that's something oh, we yeah. look for. If there, if there's a kid that can play off two feet, like get to a stride stop and pivot once or twice and be able to get the defender like either off their line or off their feet and then make the decision to either step through or like shoot a little fadeaway and like get it off consistently i mean that's huge yeah it
1: really is because you know i i teach kids the phrase i use is you know you can't be top heavy with the basketball whether you're shooting driving or you're stopped making a decision because a lot of times you're going to travel or you're thinking about, oh, I got to keep my balance instead of where's the help side coming from for my kick? Or is there any help side? Can I create an angle to get around the guy to, to you know, to, for whatever shot you're trying to create? Yeah. Um, and, you, and, and, and other times, if you do get bumped, you hit the floor, you know, playing off a of one. So, um, but these guys, God, I love these guys in the spring, which I coached them last year as well. And, um, which you know how AAU goes. There's not a lot of structure. You know, we practice, tw- you know, like I said, twice a week. Um, play man defense, and they can guard. Oh, my God. Guys, I've got <laughs> these ninth gra- And I've got three eighth graders that play up. So, we've got, like, 12, 13 guys total. And I have two guys that are about 6'3", one guy about 5'11", and the rest are, like, 5'6", 5'7". Oh, but you talk about guys that'll scrap and just get down and go, man, I love it. Like, I'm just like, Oh, I just, it's just so much fun to coach these guys. And, you know, we don't run any set offense stuff. It's AAU. Like like I tell them all the time, FYO, man, figure it out. You know, this is, this is, <laughs> this is for you to figure things out and get better. You know, I'm I'm not going to push you and scream at you to give me effort and all this and all that, because this is, this is your time to get better. You know, this is, mm-hmm. you make those decisions. Um, and a couple of these guys, they, they, you know, once they get to their junior, senior year and they hit another growth spurt or two, they have a chance to play, you know, small ball somewhere, um, have, have really great skill sets and really good attitudes and really good work efforts. Um, but, and they just pick on, pick on basketball concepts so much. I just teach screen concepts for offensive continuity, just down screen, back screens, flare screens. Um, we had ball screens in last because I don't want to look like NATO's Alabama offense out there where you just ball screen three gap offense. I hate it. Um, <laughs> you know, we're constantly moving and curl cut and we're popping, and we're flaring, and we're, you know, back screen, rescreen, just all these different things. And we played in our third tournament this weekend. And um, I just looked out there, it was our third game of the weekend, Saturday. And I just looked out there and I was like, man, I hadn't coached. I haven't said anything to them and they're just cutting and flashing and hitting back cutters. And, you know, if it goes to one wing, the post is diving and then the post is getting doubled the opposite wings, flashing in the lane. And we're just, I mean, it's just like, I love these guys, man. So, um, so yeah, a lot of coaching going on, not much of anything else, but a lot of coaching and I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it, man. So I'm going to pass the baton to whoever talks next.
0: Drew, what's up with you, man. I uh, got some big news. I know in the last little bit you you gotta drop on us,
1: yes sir, yes sir well, um firstly, you know in the sports world, the last no you know, uh, i i i think it's been <laughs> nine months since we last re- since we last recorded, and um, and so I experienced – I experienced um, senior year in college, which means my last year as the social media person for our sports at Lee, which was fun. Um, I'm certainly going to miss it, especially basketball. Of course, y'all know that's my favorite sport. Um, It's going to be weird um, not doing it, Uh, but that was fun. I was the sports editor of our school... um, newspaper this year which was fun so I got to cover all kind of sports but I think I think if if I wrote maybe 25 stories this year probably 15 were about basketball because you know (laughs) it's true love it (laughs) I can't stop writing about basketball um, (laughs) that was fun um and then I don't know what the future holds for me. I'm putting a few feelers out for a potential full-time job after I graduate. Go yeah. share the Facebook page. Yes, sir. Oh, Read the LinkedIn. feel out a little bit. I got the notification you made a sure.
0: LinkedIn post earlier. <laughs> so, yes, sir.
1: I <laughs> can't share anything yet. It's not set in stone, but there's some certainly powerful people who have volunteered to help me out here, so I'm very fortunate.
0: AKA grateful. your dad. <laughs> that oh, that Phil. Is, that's
1: a connection in itself. <laughs> but um, aside from that, that that I guess that that's a good segue to. So I'm moving to Knoxville and I'm not going on my own. Um, huh? I, <laughs> I think it's exactly 90 days until I will be at the altar getting married. I'm yes, really, sir. Really excited. Man. yes, sir. <laughs>
0: yes, sir.
1: So that's, yeah, that's fun. And then, I mean, as y'all know, the sports world, whether it's coaching or journalism, when you start out, it's not all about the money. You know, you. Have to get the hustle going. So I'm fully <laughs> expecting um Catherine to be breadwinner for a little bit. <laughs> but you know
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How it works. But I'm really excited, y'all. It's been a, a good year, and I'm excited for what um the future holds for sure. Good. What's you, Sam? What's up?
0: Well, you know, still rocking it out in Mobile as it currently stands. Um you know, staying busy with that kind of stuff. Um but as of a little over a month ago, I'm kind of the where Drew will be at after 90 days. You boy oh. got married. Yeah, so sir. put put a ring. Well, this one's this one's <laughs> this one's the uh this one's the fake silicone one I wear at in the evenings, but you know, um still so as married as ever but yeah man me and my <laughs> wife got married in february 25th spent a week in jamaica won't go <clears throat> into too much detail about that yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh no man been been loving life um it's been pretty pretty awesome to see there's some things I'm hoping and praying for for us as well kind of kind of along the same lines as Drew you know can't can't go too much into it right now. But um yeah, just just kind of keeping up with sports from afar. You know, I'm kind of the, the casual perspective of the four of us, so it's been you know fun kinda you know, football season ends and that's kinda my main thing there and then getting back into basketball and those kinds of things. So
2: how you feeling about the Bulls, big dog? Try town.
0: You know, um you know we're talking before we hit record they're sitting at the uh the 10c <laughs> we got to play toronto so like <laughs> there's always a chance there um yep then we'll play either uh atlanta and miami or miami um i, I mean i think we we'll, we there's a chance we can make it through the play in tournament um we'll have to face milwaukee so bro, out. you you just got to get to <laughs> milwaukee bro they're soft soft and they swept us what was that two <laughs> years ago they swept us first round before the play last drew oh, drew was it I'm, last I'm year last drew week. i'm joking bring out Sorry. the brims <laughs> hey but the but we'll get into it we can get into it but the rumor mill for uh, a certain point guard in um atlanta starting to churn a little bit as of today as of recording on today so we'll we'll see what happens Um i'm i'm totally down for a trey young zach levine trade but you know that's just me Uh, all right steven what's been up with you
1: bro hold on steven before you give your whatever we're doing here can't think of words (laughs) Uh, recap. yeah we're catching up recap there we go i just want the audience to know that myself sam and drew are all in t-shirts Okay, casual ten PM attire. Yeah. And and just just as textbook gratisist assist basketball coach as you can get. Steve is in the <laughs> is in the lead basketball, striped polo, mm-hmm. all three buttons, locked and loaded.
0: Oh, he's up to the neck in buttons, man. <laughs> he ain't messing around. He's all business. It's
2: classic, man. It's classic. <laughs> It's like my, my job title gets taken away the second I'm not wearing this. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, being, being a GA G. for League basketball has been a blast this year. Um, yes, sir. Really, really didn't know what to expect. I got to spend a lot of time with Drew. Uh, he traveled with us a good bit, especially on our day trips because I was like, Bubba, this guy. I mean, he's gonna cover the heck out of us, and like, he's only gonna make us look better. Like, just let him come on the trips, man. <laughs> and he 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 was more than happy to oblige. So, got to hang out with Drew a good bit. But, um, yes, man, this year I just I kind of just got to take it all in and soak it in. I learned a bunch. Like, Bubba Smith has a brilliant basketball mind, and so do our assistant coaches, Jason and Josh Latch. Um. So really, just getting to learn a lot from them: offensive concepts, um, defensive techniques, um, different strategies. Like before this year, it's it's kind of crazy how little you think about the actual staging and like setup and intentional preparation for substitutions during a game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, hey, we're gonna sub this guy in. Uh, three minutes into the game to give our starting point guard a breather. And then he'll come back in and we'll give our two guard a breather at the, at the under 16. Like, it's just crazy how in depth it is. Um, And I've studied more film this year than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, And it's just, it's crazy, man, but it's genuinely so much fun like getting to have our players in the gym one-on-one helping them get better when uh you know it's before or after practice or like right now we're in the off season so we're just trying to get better right now individually. So we're in the weight room a lot with our guys and then um like we just have a lot of individual workouts. So we'll do pretty much we'll do it specifically for um guards and bigs. So if we do groups, like we'll have our bigs in there together doing a lot of stuff and then um our guards will be in there. And we do all of our individual workouts. For the most part, we'll do stuff that is strictly out of our offense. So, like, for our big guys, we play a Princeton offense. So they're going to touch the ball every single possession, and they're going to get it at the elbow. So a lot of what we do in our individual workouts is attacks from the elbow, uh, shooting off of, a like, a ghost screen or, like, a pick-and-pop, um, just stuff like that, <laughs> getting to their spots that they're going to be in during the season when we're running our offense. um. So it's just been really, really fun getting to grow with them in the off offseason. Um, but yeah, something uh, new that I'm getting to do this summer, actually, um, there's a company called PGC, and I had heard of it through literally just we have this backpack in our locker room for some reason that's a PGC backpack. <laughs> and I think it was like one of our old players backpacks or something. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that. And I saw a job posting somewhere. It was probably LinkedIn because I love LinkedIn. Um, But I was like, screw it. I've got to, you know, I got to make some money this summer. And I really want to like add to the resume and get better as a coach. So applied for it, had a really good conversation and interview with uh, one of their people. Um, He's out of Atlanta, actually. And he pretty much hired me on the spot, which was awesome. He he told me in the interview is like, I don't really see any reason why you wouldn't be hired. So we'll probably be sending you an offer letter within the next few days. (laughs) So um, I'm hoping to work six camps this summer. There's four in Tennessee and then one in Kennesaw, Georgia, and then one in North Carolina. So I'm hoping to work all six of those. Mm. Um, And it just seems like a really, really good program. And I, I know I'd grow a lot and help a lot of young players get a lot better too. So I'm pumped about that. Um, And then the last thing just want to talk about something that we're really having to go through at Lee that has changed within the last few years for a lot of college basketball teams. And it has major implications for like the NBA and everything too. Um, And it kind of seems like it's starting this culture of the transfer portal is making its way into high school programs too. Um, Which is a conversation for another day. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Transferring all over the place. But, um, But yeah, I I can't really go into much detail with it. But this is public that our two are, well, technically like a one-two punch that we have, but he's a point guard, PJ, transferring to Furman. He's one of the four that we had in the transfer portal. Um, So this is kind of new territory for us. Before this year, we as a program had only had one person transfer out. And um, with it being so easy to transfer to another school and not losing – a year of eligibility by having to sit out uh it's just different and people can transfer and play immediately and um try to get into a different and better role than they're in right now and so we're having to deal with the fact that we've got four guys that might leave and then like one like one or two of them could come back all four of them could come back or all four of them could leave so we've got to be recruiting at the same rate as guys are leaving. And so it's, it's a lot more of like watching film being in the transfer portal and like seeing every hour went like if it updates, see if there's new players coming in. Um, And then just like scouring Twitter, man, like trying to find tapes and trying to find new kids Um, and just reaching out to people and, you know, asking connections, what they think about this kid from their area and whatnot. It's, it's intense, but it's a new challenge, and we're really excited about it because it like just gives us another opportunity to grow as coaches. And like, I think it's one of the coolest things about the game is that it's never the same year to year, and it's always going to be different. And you get to learn new things. And this is just another challenge that we get to face, and we're going to be better for it. So I'm really excited. But that's uh, that's pretty much all that's been going on with me. I was really hoping <laughs> to <would> be shorter. <laughs> just it's just only it's, huge it's, it's,
0: things. It's
1: really difficult to be short when you coach because it's like well do you want the condensed version that's still 3 hours or do you want the long <laughs> version that's you know
2: 3 days <laughs> there's like so much that happens at every second of every day <laughs> yeah but speaking of transfer portal that had major implications on this year's final four because what what the majority i think it was like 9 players from Florida Atlantic yep. on their team came from the portal um So what are you guys' thoughts on this year's Final Four? It was not just riddled with blue bloods uh, other than UConn, which is now, I guess, they're trying to be a blue blood. I don't know what you guys think about that. But we had Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, and UConn. How did you guys feel about it? Let's talk about those Final Four games first. So FAU, SDSU, and Miami-UConn.
1: Yeah, well, I'll say the first game, well, Florida Atlantic, uh, uh, San Diego State. I thought the game was over when they were up thirteen because <clears throat> this, you can't score. They they cannot score. They're a great defensive yeah. team. They're very old, they're a veteran team who can grind out games. But they go so long without scoring that I was like, that game's over. But they showed some grit, you know. They showed they're one of the oldest teams in the country, and they came back. And, and I just knew when that shot went up, that shot was going in. Oh, yeah. It was where, you know, he shoots in rhythm, you know, going to his left as a righty. I was like, that shot is cash. And it went in. <laughs> One of the best shots, I mean, the best feelings you ever have is hitting a buzzer beater General, but hitting the buzz beater in the final four to go to the national championship game had to be incredible. So that was fun. crazy. But you know, I'll just hop onto my soapbox really quick um and say, I know that this wasn't in the agenda. I'll just say it: the women's final four and mm, the come on. title game was ten times better than the yeah, men. Come on. I'm just saying. I love Caitlin Clark. And, hey, she won about what she did after the game. But it was – speaking of um, the transfer portal, I think LSU had like – like They had a, nine. They had, had nine. They had nine players who transferred to that team and won it in this year. But, sorry, I'll just hop off my soapbox and say <laughs> I loved it. The women's Final Four, it was electric. I love Caitlin Clark. That was so much fun. But all I have to say, um, UConn was a well-coached team. They could score. They could play defense. They could do everything. They were so good. They won every game by 13 points or more in the tournament. They dominated. Mm -hmm. Dominated.
0: Yeah, that was Great. that was gonna be one thing I saw uh was gonna say is like I think when you got to that final four, you really saw Yukon kind of step up into a whole nother tier. <laughs> and I think going into that final four, everybody kinda had the um understanding UConn was gonna roll anybody and everybody. And yep. yeah. I-, I think that's just what you saw there. Um they were just a step above but like you said, Steven, I mean even just the fact that there were no <laughs> You know, one, two, three seeds in that final four it was just—I think it's wild. And then, you know, to hop kind of back on that soapbox, I saw—I think it was—I think I want to say these numbers may be off slightly, but just in the championship game, like the lowest ticket price for the guys was like five dollars or something—some wild low, low number—and then the women's game was like sixty. Um, I saw, and I was watching the championship game. And that the one thing I took away from it, which I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I saw so many empty seats, like so many empty seats. I'm like, yeah, you know, and that game was over by, you know, come halftime. So,
1: yeah, I agree. yeah, it was. But, you know, you got to think, too, about the like, obviously, you got to configure the schools into why they were empty seats. But your tournament is yeah. in Texas. You have Connecticut. <laughs> Boca, Florida, or whatever, Deerfield, wherever the Miami, campus is, dude. same thing. You've got Miami and then San Diego State's the closest. Yeah. San Diego is closest to where the site is. And yeah. so, true, true. I mean, you got to think, everyone, everyone's taking, you know, true. no one's driving to, to, to Houston to watch that, you know, from, from those fan bases. Yeah. Um, talking about the transfer portal as an Alabama fan who really just wants Alabama to suck at basketball again, so I won't get my hopes (laughs) up that I'm going to go to Houston to watch a Final Four and then just get (laughs) utterly – I wasn't devastated because our offense isn't built for tournament play. It's not um, because you can guard it whether you prep for it or not. And if you have time to prep for it, like San Diego State did, then you're going (laughs) to shut them down. Um, um, But I just love how – the playing field was even. I mean, you look at Furman and Princeton; the, those just weren't upsets to me. Some of these up—they're not upsets because you have lineups where you have six ten, six eleven, seven foot. You have guards that are six six, six seven, six eight, and all five of your positions are skilled. Mm-hmm. You know, like just the amount of guys. Just, I, I absolutely. This was probably one of my favorite seasons of college basketball because. It didn't matter if you were watching the SoCon, which, by the way, great conference this year. Yep. Um, but it's, it's just the amount of, of skill that is in college basketball now spread out, and then you see it in the Final Four. Obviously, you have an ACC and a Big East team. Um, but, man, I, I not a lot of people were a fan of the Final Four, and the games were eh. You know, even the championship game, you have, you have the dominance of UConn i just I just love seeing how so many teams had a chance to get there. you yeah. know? So.
2: i I thought it was really fun, too. And here are the two big takeaways from both of the final Four games um, that I had. The decision by the San Diego State coaching staff to ride out the shot clock to get the stop uh, against Florida Atlantic. They they could have fouled because they were down one. They could have fouled and hoped that they would just miss one of the free throws or they'd make two and then they just had to go down and hit three. But they rode it out, got the stop. They, They forced him into taking a bad shot, get the rebound, come down. He gets probably one of the easiest, easier looks than what he should have gotten on a last second shot like that and just cashes it in for the win that was so ballsy and i remember watching it and i was like i hope that this coaching staff tells them to just ride out this shot clock Mm -hmm. dig in get this stop and go get a bucket on the other end and that's exactly what they did
1: i love it i wonder i wonder i bet that this is the answer but um i wonder if it's because brian crutcher i think that Name who's that coach there? I think. Wonder if he knew that. Okay, his team has a lot of experienced guys, has a lot of hard hardworking guys. Like he did that, but I wonder if John Shire, or Coach Cal, with a team that has freshmen, I wonder if they're they're the type to say, okay, let's foul here because we have four freshmen who. We'll probably not get a stop here. Like, is that something where every coach in America will have like the faith in their defense to get a stop, or is that because of how experienced they were? Do you think? I'm going to say like... experience definitely, because I mean it doesn't matter how physical you are, if you're or if you're young or or, or whatever, because because we know that youth it doesn't mean inexperience. We know that, um, mm-hmm. but to me, it's. It's the mindset from that inexperienced is, okay. Hey, I'm not worried about, okay, the foul, we'll take the foul out of consideration. Defending the ball, let's take that out of consideration, okay? But do you have the mental capacity as a player to put all that away and realize the only thing that matters is if I get a rebound? Yeah. you like seeing the end of it. You know, as a coach, you can see the end of it. Um, so I think it's the trust of your guys knowing that hey these guys have been here. I've seen them ride this thing out. I've seen how they can guard the ball. You know, if um, they use not going to look to attack, they're just not. When they're, when you have the lead, you're not going to look to attack. Um, you're going to play conservative, and then oh crap, seven seconds left. I've got to get a shot yeah. up. You know, and I think, well, I think I think I think with that experience and with that coaching experience, you just say. A rebound is all we need. You're not. You're not. You're not talking how to guard right. that situation. You're just saying a rebound is all that we need.
2: Mm-hmm. It also easily could be like that, coupled with just an analytical mind. If that's what he was going for, like, what are the odds that he's going to hit a contested shot? Because with an experienced teams like that, like San Diego State had, it's more than likely going to be a well contested shot. Like, what are the chances that? someone's going to hit that. And if you look at the box score, they had only one guy, their center, shot poorly from the free throw line that night. And then the next worst was 90%. So they had a guy shoot nine for 10 free throw line, four for four free throw line, and two for two free throw line. So you're looking at guys that if you foul, you only have one You only have one option of a guy that shot free throws all night that's probably going to miss free throws. So I would rather just make them take a heavily contested shot and send them to the free throw line. The odds of them hitting that shot are just so much lower than mm-hmm. them knocking down free throws and then putting so much pressure on your team to go to the other end and hit three. Fair. But, But here's, okay, here's the thing I noticed about UConn in both games, honestly, but specifically um, the national championship game. And this is something that I feel like people really struggle to see is that you cannot blame officials anymore, and this is something I've learned, coaching in college <laughs> basketball this year.
0: I was about to say you're talking about college specifically. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. NBA excluded. I'm okay. not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Um, when you look at officiating, it's going to be different every single night. It depends on the league. It depends on the team you're playing. It depends on a lot of different things. And so if officials are going to let teams play and be really physical then whoever's going to win that game is the team that's going to adjust and be more physical and i don't want to hear any bull crap like oh well we just weren't getting calls no you probably should have just understood that the refs aren't calling anything go be more physical Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what UConn did. They adjusted to the officiating. They were physical out of their minds. There were so many times where, like, as a fan, you're watching and you're like, "Man, that probably should have been called a foul." But honestly, I thought it was pretty even both ways, and UConn just handled it way better.
1: Agree. Uh, now they were they were they were very physical, but they weren't you know Tennessee. Um,
2: <laughs> <assault>.
1: <laughs> I had to throw that one in there? Golly, For real.
2: Hey, that's fair. That's fair. That was awful. That was awful, man.
1: So, so, how about the NBA playoffs, y'all? How are we feeling? How do we feel? Are we thinking about who the finals matchup? Who could get on top and? Were some sleeper teams y'all got.
0: Um Cleveland. Good job. Dude, I mean in the honestly, um I I don't know. In the East it's it's hard to really bet on anyone outside of the top two seeds. I mean, they're playing absolutely out of their mind. I mean, um you can make the argument for Tatum and Jalen Brown both being uh first team all NBA. Um and then Giannis, I mean, dude's easily top three, and he's not two or three best basketball player in the nice. league. <laughs> so um, top three in MVP voting, of course, but uh, I don't think currently there's a better basketball player than Giannis. Um, I think there are some really fun teams to look at in the East, though. Um, you know, like you say, Cleveland, um, you know, Hey now, look at Brooklyn. I mean, I don't I don't see them winning against, you know, Embiid and Harden, but yeah. Everybody thought they were just going to straight tank after the KD trade and they're like, "Nah fam, we're going to go out there and not just scrape into the playoff um a play-in tournament, but they got the 6 seed. So, I mean, cool on them. I mean, um they've been playing incredible. So, well, when when
2: you have a major culture shift in your team, that really can make all the difference. Yeah. Um, getting people like Bridges and Johnson in there who just kind of yeah. love life, love being around guys who love basketball, and they really can just be a uh, positive, like they can create that positive environment where guys like want to come to practice and really want to play together. Uh, honestly, that can make all the difference. And Bridges so, honestly is
0: playing out of his mind too. I mean. Oh, Yeah. Averaging, I think twenty seven, twenty eight since he left, since he joined Brooklyn. Yeah, he's yeah, I think so. Insane, and that's something else.
1: Keep this short, but I, I think a lot of people don't understand. I, I it could just be me, but the amount of role players that, if they were the guy on a team, we we don't comprehend the bag that these. The, like he was essentially was a three and d player in Phoenix and he went to Brooklyn and he's showing he he showcases he, he can do it all yeah, he can sure. he can light it up it just shows the amount of skill every dude in the league has all these dudes are so good like. That's why there are guys who drop twenty five a game in college and don't get to the league because the league is so good. It's so yeah. much better than whatever people, whatever people
0: think it is. You know, a bottom a bottom tier NBA player is still better than most. Any you know, it's like making the oh Alabama. Uh, Well, it's a different sport, but like the Alabama Crimson Tide could beat the Cleveland Browns. This was, you know, years ago when they were thinking it up. But it's like, no, you still got to understand the, right. the athleticism could. and the the, the the skill jump it takes to get into yeah. that pro scene as much as a joke um, and the controversy that's kind of around specifically Yo, the NBA right now. I'll tell you one thing,
2: Sam and Austin and Drew. Brian Scalabrini is closer to LeBron James than we are to him. Exactly, 100. Oh, yeah, you know
0: percent I mean? Yeah, yep.
2: yep. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I would give. I would give the white mamba that, <laughs> this work.
1: Yeah, I. I you know, I, you know, I agree. But I, you know, with the statement that he's closer to, to LeBron than we are to him, but you know, I don't yeah, know what like 25 year old me, prime in shape, would be like.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: I, like could like, yeah. like 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 how you just got to start working out again. Let's see it you know like like am i going to have some more you know physical toughness i want am i going to be able to bang around in the paint like like you know like what part of my game would just be absolutely just better because i'm 25 now you know yeah yeah i think i could take
0: um one team i'm i'm and literally i just tweeted back at uh drew Somebody. at uh as we were uh what's happening? <laughs> no, no, no. And I was just going to say um he was talking about Steph um winning another ring and I've kind of the, the, my tweet was uh I've kind of started to treat playoff Steph like playoff Brady. I'm never going to bet against him. Um which to be fair, the uh Warriors just had a weird season, man. Like their record at home yeah. and their record away like how how do you how do you lose that many games away and that win that many games at home and like that's just like I will never understand that but like playoff stuff is a whole nother breed man, um,
2: really really hard to beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, I when you got s- guys that can shoot it like they do. Yeah, that's gonna be hard to beat every single time.
0: I'm very excited for them playing the Kings though. I think that that you know De'Aaron Fox is is playing like crazy um yeah. Sabonis I think Sabonis and Fox made a really good tandem and you know this is the best Kings team we've seen in how many years now so it's been it's been really awesome to see like 20 a lot of years 20 plus I mean honestly yeah. um And then I mean Denver just Denver is going to lose in the first round I don't <laughs> I mean <laughs> for how I th- many years in a row now? I, I think it's just Jokic's curse. <laughs> he's going to win MVP again because he's the most statistically, he's the best guy, like player of all time or whatever. Like, uh, you know, usage, for whatever, all the advanced <laughs> stats. He's the best of all time. Uh, he's going to win MVP. Now he does have a healthy Jamal Murray this year, so. But you know, I could easily see a, I don't know, like a Phoenix Brooklyn finals. Ow. That's Ow. Brooklyn? Okay. Sorry, so oh, sorry, okay. Boston. Different B B okay. Different B I was gonna say, I was gonna say. <laughs> no, no, Boston. Sorry. Sorry, okay. so sorry. I was, I was like words. I actually don't see that at all. <laughs> sorry. Boston. <laughs> Boston. <laughs> okay, looks y'all. nasty I will pitch
1: on my predictions. Um I will shoot out um what I think series by series on Twitter, but my final prediction. Um I'm gonna say Warriors Bucks. I I like both those teams though, so I am kinda hoping that um one of them doesn't make it so that I can root hard for one like somebody. But um <laughs> I'm not scared to pick the Warriors. I I I they've been so High variance. I think Sam just alluded to it. Like it's just like, home and away splits are crazy, but it, it gets different in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think any of these teams want to see what the Warriors look like in the playoffs, especially with. Wiggins returning. Um, Yeah. I think they beat the Kings. I think they beat the Lakers in round two. Uh, The Lakers beating the Grizzlies. Um, And then I I agree with Sam. I, I don't, I'm not scared of the Nuggets in the least bit. Like, <laughs> I could be a little biased, but I think the Thunder could win their playing games and give the Nuggets a run for their money. Um, <laughs> then, but I think whoever the Warriors play, conference finals they'll be. I just don't see anybody beating them in that side. Now, I will say, I don't know who they would have to guard us. That's true. Finals. I guess you put Draymond on him and see what he can do. But I don't think they can't stop Johnson. But
0: But you don't put Looney on him. You don't put Looney on him either. True. That's one
2: of the things though. Like maybe maybe you just guard him and let everyone else like let him get his. Try to stay in front, but let him get his if he's gonna get it. Guard everyone around him well. Don't let anyone else affect the game with energy. Especially off the bench and then like you just have to shoot well.
0: And I think that's literally True. the only thing you can do with Giannis. Cause currently True. in the West, outside of maybe a prime healthy Anthony Davis, I don't think there's really anybody that can guard Giannis. I do yeah. that. And AD's nowhere we'll close say. to full healthy, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll say I don't know why, but Drew has been playing very well offensively so it depends on what version Drew Holiday we see in these playoffs cuz yeah. how he played last year he was terrible. I couldn't watch him play. He was shooting terrible shots. <laughs> it was it was really hard to watch that dude play. But I will say he had to feel the weight being the second option last year because Chris was out. So, he's back now. So, if the Bucks' big three can play together, I think they're hard to beat. I love the Warriors. I love Steph Curry. But, I think I have the Bucks in six in that series. I have Giannis getting his... um was MVP. See what I got. The the basketball.
0: Good.
1: will say say for my sleeper team, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat make a run. I don't. I'll say this. Playoff Jimmy is a different breed. I don't want to bet against Butler. He he he's he's ridiculous. I just I wouldn't be surprised. We saw Bucks heat in the conference finals. I'll say that. It's, we need to get Rachel Nichols on the phone so we'll have uh, uh, bubble, bubble Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, love to see it.
0: Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the basketball fan in me would really love to see the Warriors, if the, if the Grizz could find some way to beat the Lakers, uh, I would love to see the Warriors shut up the Lakers, spe- specifically Dylan Brooks. Specifically, man, Dylan. Nice. Brooks. I hate the Grizzlies, y'all. <laughs> yes, please. But, but yeah, man. It's, um, it's easy to. It, it, which I think, I think that's the you know that's kind of the he's taken after the model. Draymond is like, on your really good teams, you got to have somebody like that to really get under the skin. Yeah, and play that mental game. But I think Dylan Brooks yeah. is just a little bit more, maybe a little bit more scummy than Draymond. I don't know. He's just, heartache. he just. He doesn't
2: do it smart like Draymond uh-huh. does. He's just obnoxious.
0: Yeah. And it's just... And Draymond him. knows how to play to his skill set and the yeah. system that he plays in, whereas from what I've seen, the, the worst moments of Dylan Brooks are far worse than the worst moments of Draymond because Brooks <laughs> tries to play hero ball. But that's just that's just yeah. what I've seen. I will yeah, say maybe and- Jaron Jackson could... I don't know, you know... He might be an answer, possibly. You know, we've not really seen a playoff Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, But he might could pose a threat to Giannis, but that's, I mean, that's still a long shot. I mean, shot. He, he's, uh, he's Depoy, front-runner. True. So we'll see. Yeah. But, hey,
2: beef like that with uh, Dylan Brooks, Draymond, we can talk about that on a future episode. Mm. Um, Guys, we're going to wrap it up really quick. I uh, just want to let you all know, some things maybe to look out for on future episodes. We're so excited to like keep this going and um, engage with our listeners, you guys, um, and uh, really get back into it. So a couple things to look forward to maybe talk about, especially with Austin would love to pick your brain on what you think about year round athletes, um, yeah. whether or not you'd like to keep your athletes uh, like in the summer or if, you know, you'd prefer to have them, be able to play other sports, uh, if they choose to do so. So that's a topic upcoming. And then we're looking to get some great guests coming on in the future, hoping that, uh, you know, we can get some of our connections, you know, whether it's St. John's or Lee basketball, um, any of Drew's, um, you know, sports journalism friends, and then, uh, Austin, Austin's got some coaching buddies now. I'm sure, so <laughs> and have some really, really good insight. Just do,
1: and 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 guys, let us know which perspectives you like to hear. Do you like to hear the coaching perspective? Do you like to hear the casual fan perspective? Do you like to hear the media yeah. portrayal of, of you know, what do you like to hear the most of? Because really, you know, we can come from all different routes, and we we may have to have like a coaches
2: and casuals, you know episodes on our podcast yeah that's true yeah but all that will be upcoming thank you guys so much for listening and uh, coming back to listen to us and we will see y'all on the next one Peace. Peace.